It's time for episode 230 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 28th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the February of tech podcasts. I mean, because it's short. I mean, what do you want? They're not all going to be winners. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dan Moore, and I'm joined across the internet by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How are you doing? I'm doing well, but now I'm worried that we have to do a 31-minute episode on leap years. <laughs> uh, you know what? We'll, we'll table that. we got a couple years, I think. Okay, good. This is, of course, the show where we talk about four tech topics with two fabulous guests. To my left, uh, he works in visual effects, and he's a frequent podcaster in many places, including on the incomparable Mr. Joe, Joe Rosenstiel. Not Joseph, you're, you're, unless we're being super proper, right? Right, right. Just for business purposes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Joe Rosenstiel is here. Hi, Joe. And to my left is producer and host over at the Twit Network. It's the one and only Megan Maroney. How you doing, Megan? I'm doing good. It's very cold here in Petaluma, at least 60 degrees. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's so cold. It's 60 degrees. I I took a vacation from the cold climates of New England to come to the Pacific Northwest, where it's, you know, 47. (laughs) So that's a real that's a real boost right there. 50 down in Los Angeles. Ooh, wow. Cold front. All right. All right. This is the weather <laughs> podcast, which we talk about every week. Uh, all right. So we've got four tech topics. I'm kicking off today by talking about Apple, which has launched its own in-house healthcare clinics for its employees. But what interests me about this is that the company has shown interest in sort of a wider application of health services. They've talked about electronic medical records. They've obviously got Apple Watch, HealthKit, that kind of stuff. My question for you is, what do you think about Apple or another tech company like Amazon, which has also done something similar in its own company, um, getting into healthcare on a larger scale? Is it good? Is it bad? Frightening? Exciting? Joe, how do you deal with all these emotions? Uh, I try not to think about it too much because it seems like it's such a long way out before it would ever impact me. But uh, I do think that this makes sense in light of uh, Tim Cook's interests. Uh, so it it aligns. It's not uh, seemingly some random thing that he has just plucked out of thin air. But uh, I'm interested to see what they would look forward to shaking up in this field. Uh, it's been interesting the ways in which they've tried to uh, collect and organize uh, health information already. Um, and I wonder if uh, their advantage uh, for doing this is basically they just would be able to collect and organize your health data better than any other uh, provider, provided, of course, that you use Apple devices. So it it seems interesting, but at the same time, you got to wonder, uh, what happens if you ever switch to Android? Do you lose your healthcare coverage? Uh, and uh, I wonder I wonder how that would, would go forward uh, into the future. Like, uh, would it impact whether or not, uh, if you have a different provider through your company, uh, do you still get all of the perks and benefits of using an Apple device uh, for collecting health data? Or are there going to be certain features that will be walled off only for Apple healthcare? Um, or Amazon, uh, if if that happens to be the case. Uh, but what are you going to do? Collect your health data on your Fire Phone? Uh, and uh, the, the wonder what you think maybe about that, Micah. So one of the things that I've actually like super enjoyed about the health app is the the health records uh, capabilities. I 
find myself using those with my doctor uh, quite frequently. I go see my doctor every three months and they, you know, they keep a running track of all of my different vitals. And I typically go in and have uh, lab panels done all the time and whenever I'm there. And so having all that information, it's online and uh, most health records companies store it in a format that is universal, so to speak, across different sort of platforms. And so you can download those things and plug them into different applications that can read that information and it's organized quite well. And so having that information and seeing sort of how it changes over time and then also using data that's been collected by my Apple Watch uh, for my heart rate and uh, any other information that I might collect and store inside of the health app, including you know, eating food and, and calories and uh, all that jazz as well. It's really nice to have that all in one place. Um, so I, I'm, I'm quite fond of what Apple is doing in the healthcare space. And uh, recently, I've been checking in about once a week, uh, because Apple is going is is tying in a little bit more with health records companies, so that you can just log into your account instead of having to sort of download and email the information to yourself and then open it in the health app. And uh, there were some some hospitals that just got added on that are close and nearby. So I have I have hope that uh, my hospital network will join the the records soon and I'll be able to plug in my data that way. And so I'm like, I'm really pumped about it because I use that stuff regularly with my doctor and it has helped in the past. Um, but I do agree that, you know, it needs to remain this sort of universal, um, this sort of universal aspect where if I do switch to a fire phone, God forbid, then I would be able to do so. <laughs> I, uh, I don't use my iPhone with my doctor. That's interesting. I have Kaiser and they're pretty, they've always been pretty, um, uh, they have all the data, um, everything they'd ever want to know about me, I think. And I that that's pretty handy to me. I did just sign up for the Apple Heart Study um, because I thought, why not? Um, and so now they're – I just did it this morning. So now they are tracking me. I'm officially part of the system. And I like it because I feel like I'm doing something good too. Like it's, it's for research. And it was so easy. I'm just sitting here at my desk waiting to start this podcast. I sign with my finger, press a few buttons. And, you know, in the past, Apple has not uh, revealed my personal information that I know of in any way that I that I feel uh, is nefarious. So I'm hoping, um, I'm just hoping for the best in that sense. I know in terms of just them getting involved in the healthcare system, we talked about this on the, on the download podcast after the Berkshire Hathaway Amazon healthcare announcement. And I uh, am all for billionaires fixing the healthcare system. <laughs> if you have money um, and you can fix this. And I mean, even Berkshire Hathaway and I think Apple to some extent too are, have admitted that you know, this is hard and this is not their forte and they're going into it looking at like, okay, you know, this, this isn't, we know technology and we think technology can solve this problem, but obviously healthcare is hard, but the health insurance companies haven't done a good job so far. So we will try. And, and, and I like that. I mean, Apple has, even though I don't use it with my doctor, just in terms of my regular physical health, my iPhone and my Apple watch are the best health gadget I've ever had. I mean, I just knowing, you know, that I'm moving and, and not only that, but like I follow my dad, um, on he, you know, he has an Apple watch and I make sure that he's moving and, you know, it's a little big brother or 
I guess the daughter version of Big Brother, but it's just a nice way to to be able to check in and you know and be mindful of his health too. Also, my last point on this is this: I think this is really good PR for Apple right now because people like the you know Center for Humane Technology and all those uh, people coming out and saying like iPhones are like cigarettes to children and they're so unhealthy. Like I think this is a good way for them to say, hey, look over here, we are helping with health. Yeah, I think a lot of good points you guys all made. I, I think one of the things that interests me about this particular venture is that this gives them sort of a like a pool to try things out in, like a small population where they can, you know, analyze stuff and try other things that maybe they can't easily roll out to like basically a, you know, much larger, you know, pool of all the customers using their products. Um, but it gives them a chance to like pilot some different technologies or different methodologies and see what stuff could migrate to sort of a larger sphere. So that's really interesting to me that, that it gives them that and and i agree that there's improvements to be made and that you know certainly going at it from a technological angle is an interesting one i i, I don't get quite as in depth as as micah does with the um with all the tracking and the records i find that really interesting i wish i i had a little more access to that but like i feel like my doctor is still back in the 20th century and and me too in some ways maybe there's a maybe there's a generational divide there too um all right thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our second topic which comes from joe out of all of the things you would improve about Siri, uh, and there are many, uh, what is your number one thing you would like to see Apple do uh, with Siri in 2018? Uh, I want Siri to be the same across all devices, Joe. I want Siri on the Mac to be able to do what Siri on the Apple Watch can do, on the Apple TV, on all of them can do. Um, I, I think that it is silly and annoying and bothersome that I can't use, I can't control my my HomeKit home using my Mac. That's ridiculous. It's silly. It's this powerful machine. It should be able to hear me when I say, hey, I want to turn off the lights. And I think that uh, Siri on, like, it, every other Siri can. And that's just so silly that, that Siri, ugh. Anyway, I want them all to be the same. I love the controls that uh, Siri on the Apple TV has. And it would be really nifty if on my phone I could say, hey, blah, blah. Can you turn on the Apple TV and let me watch blah, 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 uh, sort of like how the Chromecast works. So if there's one thing that I would like to see, it's Siri to just be this universal being that works the same across all the platforms, along with, I'm sure, all of the improvements that all of you are going to suggest, starting with Megan. I am totally with you, Micah. Nothing frustrates me more than my Apple Watch saying, I can help you with that on your iPhone. Well, it's like, <laughs> I would have asked my iPhone. I want you to help me. And it's some things that don't even make any sense. Why, especially now that I have the newest Apple Watch and it can speak to me and that's super frustrating. And now the HomePod does the same thing. Like, oh, I can help you with that on your iPhone. Well, well I didn't just spend $379 so that you couldn't help me do these basic things. Uh, and same goes for the Apple TV. And basically, I just want her to have a better understanding of what I'm saying to um, our family was sitting around eating dinner and we asked the HomePod to play Fergalicious, which seems like something she could understand. And she played something else. And then we asked the Echo Show to play Fergalicious and she understood it perfectly. So then we ended up having to listen to Fergalicious. A, that's the first problem. And B, <laughs> <laughs> we 
had to listen to it with the inferior speakers of the Echo Show. And, you know, I asked the kids, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, this definitely, it definitely would sound better on the HomePod, but she didn't hear us. And then we'd have to, like, get out our iPhone. So, yeah, better, better understanding and better across platform. I think the, there are, like you said, there's so many things to potentially pick here. Uh, but if I had to pick one, I would say uh, really expanding third-party app support. Uh, Apple has very slowly opened this up to very certain classes of other apps. Um, but if you take a look at, you know, obviously the Echo ecosystem or the Google Home ecosystem, both of those are, are far better at working with third-party services. And I think Apple in the past has always felt like very much a first-party first company where it's like, we can do all this stuff, so we're not even going to like bother opening up to third parties. And there have been exceptions. Obviously, the App Store has been a huge, huge success in that direction. But not having, you know, you know any sort of third-party integration with Siri or such limited third-party integration is is pretty lackluster in an era where I can... It's funny that I can tell my Echo to turn on my Apple TV and I can't tell <laughs> my HomePod to do the same thing uh, because it doesn't talk to, like, the Harmony remotes, for example. Uh, they could skip that and make it turn on the Apple TV in some other way, but, you know, it's weird all the things that I can't do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think third-party app support would be uh, among the top on my list, along with all those other wonderful suggestions. Yeah, and uh, to branch off of what uh, Dan had said with third-party, specifically, I want to see third-party support for other audio uh, mm. playback m- methods because I have a Amazon Music Unlimited uh, account uh, because that's what works with my Echo. Uh, and I could have a Spotify, and that would also work with my Echo, but uh, it, it either of those don't work with uh, any Apple products. Uh, so if I'm sitting in my car and I use CarPlay, I can only query things that I have inside of my iTunes library, and the only solution to that is to sign up for Apple Music, which uh, seems redundant and silly. Uh, so I, w- I would really like to see them expand that, and uh, that doesn't just go for streaming music, but also for uh, things like podcasts. Uh, if I'm using uh, Overcast uh, to listen to something, I would like to be able to just tell an Apple device to pick up uh, playback from where I was uh, last at inside of the, the overcast system. So that that's just something that I, I would look for. Uh, and I agree with everyone else that these are uh, also uh, big deals for in terms of uh, understanding you everywhere and the clarity, uh, being able to interpret what you want uh, uh, better. And I uh, know that this is a half-hour podcast, so we can't keep going about Siri <laughs> things. Uh, so uh, uh, that's it. Uh, thank you all for thoughts on that. That, of course, brings us to halftime. And to tell us about today's halftime sponsor, I'll turn it over to Micah. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our dear birds at Squarespace. If you enter the offer code Clockwise at checkout, you're going to get 10% off your first purchase. Hey, go ahead. Make your next move with Squarespace. You knew it was coming. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. You're going to get a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. If you're looking to create an online store, a portfolio, or a blog, well, Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do all of that and more. Nothing to install. There aren't any patches to worry about. No upgrades needed because Squarespace handles all of it for you. Plus, they've got 24-7 customer support, so if you need any help, they got you. 
All of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I usually talk about all the cool features that they add, but there's something that Squarespace doesn't talk enough about that I think many of you would be interested in. If you're looking to start a podcast of your very own, Squarespace makes that super, super simple. They've got plenty of support documents to help you get set up. You can store all of your audio files right there on the site and get everything plugged into Apple Podcasts. It's one of the easiest ways to get going. So plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but you get to start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for our show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website, and possibly podcast. All right, let me ask you all this. Between Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, iTunes, all of the other sort of downloady, streamy type things, where do you get most of your media content? Megan, we'll start with you. Uh, I have streaming services that I pay for enough so that I never want to go to iTunes and buy a movie because I just feel like I'm already paying for these streaming services. So um, I go, I, I watch a lot on Netflix. I watch, I also subscribe to HBO Go and I also subscribe to Showtime Now and Hulu. Um, so really that is, and Amazon Prime, obviously. Uh, so that's all video, TV shows and movies. Music, it's all, I subscribe to Apple Music and Spotify for some unknown reason. And so that that's where I get my music from. But yeah, mostly the video is streaming. And if I have to pay for it, I get mad because I'm already paying $75 a month for the subscription services. I think the one that probably gets my mo- most of my eyeball time is probably Hulu, uh, if only because it still has the broadest collection of shows that are on right now, and it cuts across so many different networks uh, that I end up watching a lot of stuff there. But some stuff is fractured off at the moment. So, like, I watch a bunch of the CW shows. Those pretty much I'll watch through the CW app. Um, like, Megan, I've got HBO. Um, God, why do I have so many streaming services? I watch too much television, guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry for the crisis here. <laughs> uh, I do occasionally rent stuff via iTunes if it's just, like, if I'm really, like, oh, I just really want to watch that one new movie that's out, and the only way to get it is to rent it on iTunes or Amazon. I will sometimes do that. I also have a Prime subscription, um, and, you know, every Every once in a while, I sign up for other uh, streaming services to either try them out um, and check out a show that I've heard about, or in cases where, like, there's a show I have to watch, I'm looking at you, Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> and I <laughs> need to sign up for CBS to do it, even if it'll only be for a couple months. So, yeah, uh, I think the answer is way too many, way too many services, Micah. Uh, and for me, uh, I would say that on a monthly basis, I probably split time evenly between Prime Video and Netflix. Uh, I don't have a Hulu subscription at all. Um, I very rarely will rent something uh, or, or buy uh, a movie if uh, I'm just like, you know, I really want to see Thor Ragnarok. And the only way you can do it is to spend $20. And it's like, I'm an adult with a credit card. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, but that's... <laughs> That's just uh, how the cookie crumbles when it comes to streaming. And uh, just a reminder, based on the, what Dan had said, uh, don't forget to cancel your CBS All Access uh, <laughs> subscription now that Star Trek Discovery has concluded for the year, uh, and you won't be getting anything until next calendar year that's worth being on CBS All Access for. Dang, uh, the hot takes. Uh, they're flying. So thank you all for your answers on that. For me, I have found myself mostly uh, of of the services watching Hulu as of late. Usually it's Netflix, but lately it's been Hulu. Uh, to be frank, I haven't been watching much of anything because I've been 
just ferociously consuming audiobooks, as I mentioned last week. Um, but when, yeah, whenever it comes to content lately, it's been Hulu because there haven't been any sort of Netflix shows um, that are bingeable. And I, I tend to like those better than having to wait for the next episode to appear. And uh, Hulu has a few things in its library that uh, Netflix does not have. So, uh, yeah, interesting answers all around, and uh, I think we're all here adults with credit cards, and we'll just get whatever content we want regardless, so that's great. Uh, Megan, what is your topic for us? Okay, I'm springing this one on you at the last minute. Uh, Vero is the new social media app. Uh, it went very quickly from being the thing. Uh, they're not going to steal your data. It's going to, you know, they're going to find other ways to monetize to then quickly the hashtag delete Vero because I don't know, maybe it's uh, made by Russians or we just read the service agreement and um, it actually is the exact same as Instagram and Snapchat and every other service agreement, but we didn't read those. So we're alarm so vero good or bad oh man there's a there's a hashtag to delete vero i feel like i'm uh, for once i'm ahead of the game in that i never installed it <laughs> oh no it's cool to delete vero if you never installed it now you're still oh, i'm still not cool no <laughs> yeah. that, that sounds about right um yeah i you know i'm very very slow about signing up to new social networks in part because i feel like i already get my fill of social networks and i don't really need like more fire hose of awful things that are happening every day um so I saw a lot of people like posting that they had signed up for Vero, but I, you know, I always wait because I've seen this with, you know, there was a uh, Mastodon a few months ago. There was Ello some point in the last couple of years. And I, I think the biggest problem is that a lot of these services just never get critical mass and you never know, right? Like in some of, in some ways it's a chicken and egg problem. Cause if, you know, if you're not, if you have a lot of people waiting to see how many people sign up for it, obviously you never get that critical mass. Um, but I think things like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook are, are kind of, you know, they're the aberration. Right, they're the ones that actually do catch on and become massive successes, and most things don't. Um, so, if it turns out like two, three weeks or a month down the road, everybody's still using Vero, and like that's where it's at, then I will go sign up for it, even if they have terrible terms of services. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not going to happen. So I'm just going to stay where I am right now. Yeah, like Dan, I'm going to wait this one out. I am also uh, not cool uh, because I, had, I didn't bother to install it. Uh, I, I just don't have a lot of time in my life for excess social media stuff uh, in addition to the social media stuff that I have now. Um, I'm not really looking to replace it uh, with uh, something of dubious origins. Uh, but uh, that that's just my, my uncoolness. Um, and uh you know it might change uh, i did eventually sign up for peach so i was i was on that for a f couple months <laughs> that was mm -hmm. fun peach was fun mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so this probably says something about me being uh, a narcissist but i am i i tend to be uh a little concerned about um folks stealing my name and then like being mean to people <laughs> Like I, I don't want people to go onto social media, new social media accounts, and like be abusive and hateful and do that under my name. I, and again, it's like it's a weird paranoia that is that is. I don't think it's ever reared its head, but I'm just always worried about it. So 
anytime I hear about new, some new social media thing kicking off, I'm like, okay, I gotta gotta hop on over there and claim my my username. Um, just because, like, on any podcast, anytime someone says, "Where can they find you?" I always say, "Well, I'm at Micah Sargent on almost every social media thing." I have um, created half a dozen Micah Sargent accounts again oh no. across, <laughs> a dozen, and, and my key is I'm just nicer to people than Micah is. <laughs> like, I'm even nicer. So, like, oh, everyone's okay. like, "Wow, that Micah's such a nice guy," and then why is he such a jerk on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> well, that impossible. works. That works. Um, but as long as you're doing that, I'm fine with it. But anyway, so I I went there and created it, and uh, I posted that I had created an account on it, and then I saw the iJustine stuff, and I was like, oh no. Um, but yeah, you, you go and you read the the uh, privacy policy and the terms of service, and it's it's pretty much like the same standard one that you find across the whole uh, swath of the internet and on social media accounts. Um, I refrain. I try to, as as much as possible, not give up people's contact information. And so I hadn't done it yet with uh, Vero, and I'm glad that I didn't. And I ended up removing the app from my phone. Um, But I I think when it comes to sort of its dubious origins, that's something to keep in mind. And like everybody, everybody has to make that decision for themselves. And for me, it was more that the app never even friggin worked for me. And I could, I think I was able to post two things over the course of using it. Um, But I claimed my name and that's all that matters in the end for me. Yeah, I think that it's one of those things where it's like, yes, they're the founder is of dubious origins. I think Russian was at first, but then apparently like he had, you know, he was he had stopped paying uh, Filipino workers at his construction company. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things. It's it's just this weird Twitter moment where it's like no one really, myself included, wants to dig deep enough to figure out. It's like, oh, OK, relief. I don't have to be on this new social network. Thank goodness uh, I'm done. The end. <laughs> that is that is the way to do it. The end. And with that, uh, thank you all for your topics. We've got just enough time for a bonus topic, but first we've got a sponsor. Micah, who's our sponsor this week? Oh, it is Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Eero has created the dream Wi-Fi setup. It's a fast, reliable connection throughout your house, and guess what? Even your backyard if you need it. Now is the best time to get on board with Eero because they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. Got a tri-band second generation model along with the Eero Beacon that lets you build a Wi-Fi system that's perfectly tailored to your home. And that second generation Eero has a third 5 gigahertz radio so it's twice as fast as before. Let's talk a little bit about the Beacon. You can plug it into a wall and expand coverage into any room or any area, and you can add as many Eero Beacons as you want as long as you have that main Eero device. It's also got a built-in LED nightlight with ambient light sensor. It lets you manage your entire network from the palm of your hand, and you can create and share a guest network, too, if you want. Eero's customer support is also doggone amazing, so you can call and get hold of a Wi-Fi expert in just 30 seconds. I have an Eero with some Eero beacons set up through my house, and I'm proud to announce that they have just uh, rolled out the beta of their Thread Radio. So low-power devices of the future, those are like locks, doorbells, and so much more, basically home automation. Uh, people are getting into a new protocol called Thread. And so we're going to start to see all of these smart home devices that involve the Thread Mesh 
Network. And if you have Eero, it's the chances are that you have the thread radio built right in and you'll be able to take advantage of that. Pretty awesome stuff. The new Eero system starts at just $399 for one second generation Eero and two beacons. That's everything you need to get started. Listeners of this very show can get free overnight shipping to the US or Canada. Just head to Eero.com and use the promo code clockwise. Again, that's Eero.com with the promo code clockwise for free overnight shipping. Thanks so much to Eero for your support of our show. Let's head to that bonus topic. All right, I am here in Seattle because I'll be going to Emerald City Comic Con later this week. My question for you folks is, do you go to non-tech conferences or conventions? And if so, what is your favorite, Joe? I try not to go to any conferences because they're full of people and germs. Um, however, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently getting over an illness, so maybe I should have just licked the floor of the LA Convention Center and gotten it over with uh, to build up my immunity. Uh, but the... I sometimes go to the uh, LA Auto Show um, just because I like to see the new cars, uh, not because I know anything about the cars. So <laughs> it has a V8 or whatever. I don't care. I'm just going to sit in it and see if the steering wheel is nice and the center console looks cool. Um, but uh, that would probably be the only thing. Uh, in terms of tech, though, you could say that SIGGRAPH uh, is a technology conference. Um, I go to that sometimes when it's in LA. Uh, it's uh, predominantly visual effects based stuff, so it's different from like uh, a, a a conference about phones or uh, tablet things. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I, I grew up in um, a relatively low income household, and so travel was something that we very rarely were able to do. And as I've gotten older and have my own career and own finances and things like that, like I want to add more travel to my plate and want to be able to go and and uh, hang out with friends and things like that at these conferences. So currently, I I don't go to a lot of tech, co- I mean non tech or tech conferences or conventions, but it is on my list of things to do, including going to some comic cons uh, locally and also around the U.S. So uh, soon I'll be able to answer that question, Dan, but right now it's still (laughs) just out of reach. I thought comic book conventions were also tech conventions, but we have... (laughs) Um, we have a local one in Petaluma that I enjoy immensely. But other than that, I am an adult with a credit card. And if there's a (laughs) non-tech conference that um, I should be going to, I need to hear about it. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll keep keep you posted on that. Um, That is all the time we have for today. All that remains is to thank our fantastic guests. Joe Rosenstiel, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Thank you for having me. And Megan Credit Card Maroney, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, And Micah, we've wrapped it up this week, but I look forward to being back in my studio next week. Uh, Until then, however, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. 